Yeah, it's that time again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. TGIM, welcome back to another episode of The Yo Show. Yo. Yo. Jeff, the Shark Perini. Jewel, Magnificent Seven, Tavy. Back, ready for another fantastic episode of our little twice a week program here. How we doing, Jewel? Whew. Doing all right. How you doing, Jeff? I'm, I'm doing great. Jewel's, uh, Jewel is braving it tonight, a little bit under the weather. She's here with bit. us, battling on a little bit. She's battling on, that's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> she will be. If she mysteriously disappears for about 15 minutes, I can guarantee what happens. Live radio, people. Live, that's right, 110% live. You can't hide the vomit on live radio. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much, Jeff. Absolutely. I like to let everybody have the true feeling of exactly what's going on here. So, uh, you know. I'm fine. You don't pull punches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. That's enough, shithead. Shut up. Uh, already a minute and a half into the show. So welcome, everybody, to the Yo Show. We did take off Wednesday um, for Thanksgiving-type festivities. I went out Wednesday night and uh, had a few too many um, and then a great Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday uh, with uh, the wife's family, and then again on Friday with my family. So it was a busy, uh, busy holiday. How was yours, Jewel? It was good. Um, very relaxing. A lot of drinking, a lot of eating. Got to see the fam. So yeah, it was great. I made I made ten pies, and I'm still eating ten. them. <laughs> like. Does anyone want pie? Well, people didn't show up to the dinner. Not all that we're supposed to, so there was a bunch extra. I would have gave one to you if you would have invited me out. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the last thing we talked about was you contact me, let me know what's up. You're going to come to the human and I knew you could have came on out. Well, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Gentlemen. Gentlemen, a little word to the wise, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're friends, whatever. When it comes to females and you want to, like, get together, like, a couple days down the line, make sure you message them every single day <laughs> to remind them and make sure that they fully remember that something is going on that evening. <laughs> wow. It's all good. Yeah. You missed a great time. I had a lot to drink. It's always fun. <laughs> No, it's okay. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, Jules going to do the show by herself. Well, now I'm just, just going to sit here in silence. Yeah. So. That's not happening. So, everybody, hi. I'm Jules. No, seriously. Um, hyperactive tonight. Very hyper. You know, I listen to talk radio uh, all day long in the in the work van, the work truck there, and you know, listen to these radio guys. You're like, hey, guys, hey, ha, it's fake enthusiasm. I don't do fake enthusiasm. I, I try to... I like to think that we don't. Or fake no, laughter. Fake care. laughter drives me nuts. Don't fake it. I hate fake laughter. No. We have funny guests, thank God, because... I would hate to have a guest lay a joke out and just be like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got serious enthusiasm tonight because this is somebody... I've been trying to get on our show for over a year now. A Philly favorite of ours. Spent three years on CBS3 as a traffic reporter. She is 
just everything. She's beautiful. She's upbeat. She's uh, she's doing motivational and inspirational speaking now, and she's doing a ministry, and she's just lovely. I absolutely love her. It's Misha Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I love Misha. I watch all her videos come up. I always watch them because I just love what she has to say. And yes, she's beautiful. And but inside and out, like you really feel it true. Like we're talking about not fake, and she really feels true and genuine that everything she talks about and she loves getting people motivated and have people just have the best day they can have. And it's great. Uh, we tried to get her and she remembers this too, cause she put it on a lot of her posts. We tried to get her on here like a year and a half ago and we couldn't because of contractual obligations. And I'm so flattered. She remembered that. It's awesome. So she'll be yeah, on with her, us tonight. Running. No, I was going to say her fans are so loyal and she really is an inspiration for so many people. So she is going to be speaking of life. Light and life for our week right here on this Dio show. Dio show, thank you. Nice catch. Nice nice catch. Um, It's funny because we have guests, and like Minjo, I think I said last week too, Minjo is like, I hope they're good, I hope they're fun, I hope they like to talk. I'm pretty sure that we're going to get all that tonight. I'm pretty sure Misha is going to talk it up real good. Uh, I'm sure she's going to be fun, I'm sure she's going to be great. Um, She kind of gave me the. no topic is out of line. Always a bad idea to do here on the Yo Show, but we'll take it easy on her. Yeah, we don't go too too crazy. Exactly, because deep down she's one of us. That's what we want to be. We want to be the broadcasting type. So, Misha, welcome. Eight thirty tonight. Very special. Thank you to two guests that we had last Monday. A couple of excellent, excellent musicians. We played some songs from both of them. Brian Valduto was first. He was wonderful. Played some songs. Uh, School of Rock was on the other night. I actually got to check it out and see him in it. That was pretty wild. Oh, did you see it? Um, yeah, so that was very cool. Yeah, I know. I believe he is now. Though. He's a grown-up man singing songs. and It's great. It's excellent. So Brian was here. And then later on, we were joined by Mark Kingswood. An excellent singer, great voice. He's from the UK. Just think both of them guys are going to be heard from a lot more. Very impressive with the music that we had on the other night. Oh man, and such a nice guy. Like Mark was such a, a sweet too. So I'm so happy we got to talk to both of them. Totally agree. Uh, we got a little nervous when we hear that oh, we're going to just stick this the guy on the episode. And great, now we got two, and we got to manage and juggle and. Research, but it worked out great. We loved it. We had a great time with both of them. So thank you, gentlemen, if you're out there listening. If you're not out there listening, we'll we'll thank you some other time when you come to town. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's keep it going with our usual band of fun here, top five list. And tonight is very simple, very laid back kind of a tribute to the three years that Misha spent with us here in Philadelphia. And it is our top five favorite things about Philadelphia. Why we love being Philadelphia, Philadelphians, if you will. Top five things we love about our city. Are you pointing at me like I'm going first? <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind. Jules, Jules already firing the finger. I usually go first. They always say ladies first. But I know how Jewel rolls, and she likes when I go Doing first. some wrestling? Yes. 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 Yeah, well, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so I'm going to go first. I'll fire my top five things all about Philadelphia. We might have done this list before, and it might have varied a little bit. Who knows? But uh, I could say that Misha Johnson is not in the top five because she's no longer a regular here in Philadelphia. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with number five, soft pretzels. The warmer, the better. Not too much salt. Just a little bit of salt. A little bit of mustard. Maybe some cheese. But I do love me some soft pretzels. It's number five. Now, wait. Do you get them off the corner? Yes. Oh, you do? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, wait. I... Really Never get them off the corner. Yeah. When you see those like, hidden camera videos and realize they really do have nowhere to pee oh. or wash their hands, no, oh. good. But there's so many like, Philly pretzel-type shops popping up. You really don't have corner guys much anymore, which is good, because right. they got plenty of places to wash their hands. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number four is the passion. We're a passionate city. Passionate about our sports teams. Passionate about, oh, passionate about how much people hate us. <laughs> we love it. We love being hated for some unknown reason. But passion is number four. Number three is that Philly attitude. That's right. If you're not from Philly, you're you're going to get worked over. You know, you're going to get kind of uh, investigated. We're going to put the claims down to you. Make sure you're Philly worthy. And again, sports. I mean, they hit. Santa Claus with snowballs. Attitude. Number three. Number two, of course, is cheese steaks. I can't get enough. But it's got to be the real Philly style. It's got to be the cheese whiz. With or without, depending on my mood, with onions, without onions, depending on my mood. None of that green pepper stuff I can see in these commercials for cheesesteak places in, like, Miami. That's not a cheesesteak. Jewel, real quick. Uh, Chopped meat? Or slabs of meat. Hmm. Mm. I like them both. Yeah. Because I like a good Tony Luke's, but I also like Steve's. Then I also like yeah. like a Frusco's that's like chopped and stuff too. So yeah, it you know depending on the day. I like either. Yeah, depending on the day, depending on the sandwich. Because I'm all, like I'm a friend of Joe's, uh, Steve's, or uh, more the slab type. Gyms, yeah, um, there's so many of them. And I tell you what, folks, if you're not from Philly and you're visiting Philly and you're listening to the show, go out on the weekend, tie a load on at 2 o'clock in the morning, grab yourself a cheesesteak. Woo! That's living. Preferably Steve's, because I love Steve's. Preferably Steve's late at night. I don't know what it is about Steve's late at night, but, man, Mm -hmm. it really brings it on home. And number one thing about Philadelphia that I love, the Philadelphia and the surrounding area, is it's home. That's all I've ever known. I, I, I've only known Philly and the Philly surrounding suburbs. I mean, I've been, I've lived in Huntington Valley. I lived in Jenkintown. I live in Langhorn. I've been in Northeast Philly. So the Philly and surrounding area is home. My teams are here. My Flyers, my Phillies, my Sixers, my Eagles. It's home. That's my top five list. Gotta love it. It's my turn. I, I do love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's. You know, a bit like yours, but should we should we save it for Misha and let her do a top five? <laughs> well, we definitely have to ask her like what her spots are. Right. I was already counting on that. <sighs> but yeah, number five is the food. Obviously, I mean cheesesteaks, pizza's great, Italian food mm. is great. I mean, really mm-hmm. anything you want. We are a hodgepodge of all different wonderful kinds of food. Um, number four, sports teams love my Eagles. Phillies, Flyers, I mean, I enjoy going to any of them. Um, my sister is actually missing my daughter's 
dance recital to go to a Wings game. So you could see how wow. passionate my family is about Even a Wings game? Wow. A Wings game? I mean, she's a lacrosse person, but come on, man. Okay. Uh, number three, brotherly love. We all do sincerely look out for one another. And, you know, there's not going to be a fight happening on the Ave or anywhere else without a lot of people getting involved. So on the we all Ave. have each other's backs on the Avs. Yes. Um, number two, we are gritty. We are tough. We do have that attitude. Um, and I love that about us. And I have to say it was, it was Sunday. Oh yeah. It was the Eagles game. And we, me and Mike, we went to Wawa and, uh, the, the chick had, you know, the game up on her phone or like the pregame. And he was like, oh, man, like we really need to win this. And she's like, I don't care about you. I'm a Giants fan. What? And she worked at Wawa. And she's like, I don't care about you or your team. I was like, miss, that is blasphemy. <laughs> like, I want free food from Wawa if you're going to bash my team like that. While she's handing you're over a, a hoogie with, yeah. like, an eagle symbol on it. Like, come on. Yeah, you're an hour Wawa. That's us. It was the one around the corner from your house, too. The one on, uh... What? Yeah. What's that road? Durham Road. Can you believe that? What? Giants fans working there. Giants. That's Durham Road. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm going to go in now, because I, I know a lot of the girls that are in there from seeing off. Oh, oh, man. I'm going to feel them out and get my feet down. A little short thing. Come like a big house. Yeah, she's nice. I hope she's. I hope, is it? No, I hope that's not her. Oh man, now. I don't know. I don't know. Not trying to put anyone on place here. I think I just did though. Sorry for yeah. that, Giants fan. Um, and number one, as you said, it is home. Um, I lived in a lot of neighborhoods, and it is the city of neighborhoods. And I lived all through the Northeast. I lived in Fishtown, all over. So I'm glad I had that experience just to see. And you know what? You'll get great food. Still the love, no matter what neighborhood you live in. And a different experience in, in all the neighborhoods, too. So, yeah, uh, born and raised. Um, I'm out of it now. A good change of pace. But, hey, it it will only, always be home. I'll always go back there for, you know, people who still live there. The nightlife, the food, the love, and everything. It's home. It's a great list. I'm almost sad when you said Wawa that I forgot to say Wawa. Because Sheets sucks. Wawa rules. I've grown to love Sheets, though, like, going up Penn State, being up there for, like, five years. Um, I do have a soft spot for Sheets, but it doesn't hold a candle to Wawa. I'm not a big fan of Sheets. Kind of gives me the Sheets. (laughs) 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 Wow. That was terrible. All right, so let's rehash some top five. I went with soft pretzels. Number four, passion. Number three, attitude. Number two, cheesesteaks. Number one, it's home. Joel Tatey went broadband at number five with food, food of all types. Number four, of course, the sports teams. Number three is brotherly love. Number two, tough and gritty. If you listen back, Joel Tatey says gritty in every single episode. Take your favorite what? word. Yeah, you say gritty like every episode. I should get a gritty tattoo. <laughs> you know what? Ever since we brought in gritty, we have stunk. You think? 
Yeah, and speaking of the Flyers stinking, and it's one of our topics, I'll get right to it now. Uh, General Manager and Vice President of Operations Ron Hextel fired on the spot today. Wow. Yeah, and that's around 11 o'clock. Team President Paul Holmgren said we uh, thank Ron for his efforts and everything he's done here. We think it's time to take the team in a brand new uh, direction, and he was not on board. Uh, been here maybe four years, five years. When he first got Howard Jewell, he said, give me five years, I'll have this team ready for a cup. The only cup they're ready for now is the one that covers your balls in the jock strap. That's the only cup this team's ready for. So maybe he took that to heart, and uh, and that's it. Are you sad? A little bit. I was always a Ron Hextall guy. Um, as you know, here is the autographed Ron Aww. Hextall jersey. Right on the seven right the there. Little autographed Ron Hextall. I met him. He sat at my table at a trade show. He signed my stuff. Great. I love Ron Hextall. It's going to be a little sad, but this team really does need to win, and, and he's just not taking them where they got to be. The coach isn't very good either, but he, somehow he survived this move, and I don't know how. Thank you, and rest in peace. Fired them for Ron Hextall. Could he, like, move into a different position, like, or does he have to get fired from the well, whole organization? Well, I think they pretty much – I think they pretty much let him go from the whole organization, which is kind of tough. Um, something I'd want to do. The guy had some great years here. Fans, for the most part, loved him. Same thing with Bobby Clark. Clark just wasn't making the moves we wanted, weren't winning the Stanley Cups, and everybody started to hate Clark. So you don't want to hate your team's past legends, so maybe it's for the best – some guy said today, you know, go get Eric Lindros and make him the GM. Now we're just getting carried away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Wait, something does, outside the box. Um, does Tockett coach, or he just does, like, commentary? Um, he has had a couple coaching stints. Um, nothing out of this world. But he is very much involved still in no coaching. One, Greg Berube no got called on again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and nobody that was ever in the flyer uniform at any time. Get somebody from outside. Think totally outside yeah. the box. Go ask yeah, uh, Condoleezza mean, Rice, like the Cleveland Browns did. <laughs> is that Sorry. true? Yeah, it's true. Cleveland Browns actually wanted to interview her. I don't think she's up for the interview. I think she kind of talked her way out of it because she really doesn't know about football. She, she, she says she's a huge Browns fan. She loves the Browns. She hopes they start to find success, but and the Browns got good lately, so their interim head coach, uh, Greg Williams, he may end, up, may end up keeping that job next year. We'll see. Uh, speaking of football, the boys in green, Jewel, pulled it out yesterday. I don't know if you watched. At one point, it was 19-3, to and I was I, I had my social media in hand, and I was getting ready to start bashing, saying bad things, and I was getting ready to start tearing into the Eagles, and, and I didn't. I held back. They had a good comeback. They won 25-22. Still alive, 5-6. and six. They play Washington next Monday night. Who's in front of them in the, in the standings. So, yeah, it's getting interesting. Are you hopeful? I'll always be hopeful because I love my boys. And even if they get in the playoffs and lose one round, I'd rather have them back in the playoffs because all you hear around the world from all these other uh, sports networks is, well, you know, you win the Super Bowl and you can't even make the playoffs. You really weren't even that good. And that irritates the hell out of me. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. <sighs> I hear you. But you just so got to win. We got games. Yep. We got Washington twice. 
We've got a game with Dallas. We have the Houston Texans who are on tonight, and we have the LA Rams. The Rams game should be pretty ugly. Again, want to be hopeful, but that could be a bad one. I feel like uh, we just play the Giants and we just play Dallas. Like, why do we have to play them again? Um, that, yeah, it's your division. You play your division twice. Um, you split the home and home. And uh, so it's all about to win your division. So we have yet to play Washington. If we could beat them twice, beat Dallas, we got a shot at this thing. Still not out of it yet. Okay. Sounds good. Tonight we do have, uh, we've got Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Um, if you're a football fan, you know anything about fantasy football, watch the game tonight. We need about five touchdown passes out of Deshaun Watson. It's almost impossible, but <laughs> let's stay hopeful, shall we? We shall. Yeah, it's, not like, it's already 3 nothing Tennessee. <laughs> anyway, Misha Johnson joining us in about nine minutes. Very excited for that. Um, more stuff, slightly Philly angle, not quite, but slightly. Creed 2. Creed 2 absolutely crushed it at the box office over the holidays and over the weekend. Um, I have not seen Creed 1. I know I'm getting a lot of hell for that. It's uh, kind of a connection and the continuation of the Rocky series. I was reading on the IMDb. They said it's so good that it almost seems like it would be a platform for its very own kind of kind of um, trail that will run long. And are you kind of tired of the whole Rocky theme? Do you think Creed holds its own? Give me your uh, synopsis of the horror deal, or, or, you're not, or do you not follow it too closely? I mean, I love the Rocky movies when they're on. I'll watch them. Um, I did think Creed 1 was kind of corny. Uh, it just seemed like it was a far stretch. But um, another thing, like, they try to tie in our vernacular, and they totally got it wrong. So that upsets me, being being a native here. Um, so yeah, they said they said John instead of John. Like, what? look at this John. <laughs> like, um, no. Um, and I don't think that kid's that great of an actor. I think he tries a little too hard. But um, yeah, I mean, you gotta love Rocky and 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 that whole jazz. But I'll probably see it. But I'm definitely not going to the movies to see it. What about you? I said I haven't seen the first one, so I'll have to do that first and then go back and see the second one. I'll probably do it as a doubleheader one winter night when I'm sitting home with nothing else to do. Um, yeah. I don't mind Michael. It's Michael B. Jordan. I don't mind him as an actor. I don't think he's anything stellar. But then again, if you think about it, Stallone wasn't that great, really. Yeah, but Stallone was I mean, come on. He's, he's yeah. rocky. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well... Of course. That's like saying I'm the jackass on the Yo Show. I mean, mean I'm great. Right. Right. Hey. <laughs> that was way harsh, Ty. <laughs> My clueless dropping of the evening. Thank you very much. But, um, yeah, like they're saying it was so good and the numbers are so big that it could actually kind of stand on its own two feet without having the Rocky in it because Stallone's, what, in his 70s now? Yeah. I mean, he still looks good. You played a good part in the first one, I guess, trying to be a coach, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I think when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. It was a good soundtrack, though. I did like the soundtrack. That makes a difference. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of movied out for the next three years. I went to the movies to see Bohemian Rhapsody. I see like a movie every three years. <laughs> and I see the rest yeah. at home. I don't know why. 
it is. Don't go to the movies much. Um, Mike would love to go to the movies all the time. And I'm like, really? We're going to spend money to go see that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to really want to go see a movie to uh, be up for it. Yeah, and not only do you spend money, but now a lot of these places have bars. Mm-hmm. So you're drinking. Uh, some of them go as far as having dinner served at your seat. <laughs> so, yeah. We used to I've all complain, like, hey, days, call, that's like, cool. <laughs> I have been there yet either. I heard it's good. They got the new one in Huntington Valley. You can sit down and have a meal before you go in. Then they got the actual movie tavern ones where you sit and you serve. They serve you. I mean, it used to be like, man, a movie cost me forty bucks. After I got done Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm like, man, a movie cost me eighty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of glasses of wine. I had a beer. We had popcorn, nachos, tickets. I'm telling you, man. That is a night out and a half. And then, I mean, yeah, I had in the kids, and it's like, <laughs> forget it. Yeah, Jesus. God, I can't even imagine. It, it's just, it's entertainment. I get it, but for eighty bucks, I could probably go to a, I could go to a concert. They really oh, need to bring back like drive-ins, like cheap, just pull up drive-ins, have a good screen, maybe better sound, and um, I think that would be a big draw. Yeah, drive-in. I used to love the drive-in. My very first, my very first movie was a drive-in. At least the first one I can remember. It was. Um, Hmm. I just watched that yesterday. It was on. Yeah, my very first movie. And then we stopped. It's funny because it's driving. We stopped before we got there. And I got a box of those chocolate snaps and then little, little flat chocolate cookies. Like the animal face on it. It's awesome. Yeah. Most people get eaten alive by a Most people get eaten alive by a shark. Right. What else can yeah. a kid eat? <laughs> Nightmare Sherman. Oh, man. <sighs> so, um, it's that time of the year again. Thanksgiving is over. Christmas right around the corner. Black Friday. Cyber Monday. Shopping weekend. Joel Tady, did you participate in any of this craziness over the last few days? I usually hide on Black Friday. Um... I like to just chill out that day. Thank God this year, like, I didn't have work, so I really just got to relax. No, I don't like going to the stores. I had to go out Saturday because it was my niece's birthday and brave them all. Oh, man. That was the worst. I, I don't <laughs> I don't recommend any any of going out on, on this particular weekend. But, um, yeah, I did want to do Cyber Monday, but I was just working all day, and it was really hard. But, um, yeah, I missed all the sales. What about you? I missed all the sales. I worked Black Friday. Uh, I was on the road like 3.30 a.m. I had so much catch-up to do for my job. Um, so, and, and to tell you the truth, I was on the road, and there wasn't that crowded. I mean, I really didn't hit traffic until about 3 in the afternoon when I made my way home. I was expecting a disaster. I got on a turnpike at like 4 a.m. There was nobody there. Uh, hmm. Back roads. Five, six o'clock, started getting to the busy parts of the, of the cities, uh, Ben Salem, Langhorn, all that. There really wasn't much going on, so I was kind of surprised at that. Um, and Cyber Monday, I came home and I came home from work today, was eating a sandwich, turned to wife, said, That's Cyber Monday. She said, Oh my God, I forgot. She jumped <laughs> on the computer. So, <laughs> I don't know how she made it. I don't know if she got anything. And 
I don't, I don't want to know. Because, you know, you get that, oh, I got you something. Don't do that to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what my niece does? She has her mom's login on her phone. So she goes in, and this happens every single year. She goes in and sees what she gets for Christmas. Now, she's older, but can't you let, you know, some things be a surprise? Yeah, well, there's zero fun in that. I I don't get it. I know. And as she's like, no, I want to know what I got. Ugh. Drives me nuts. As far as the surprise. <laughs> you know, Mike is the worst with that, too. Ugh. I did it one year. I accidentally, um, I used to snoop a little bit at my parents' house. Not so much snoop for gifts. I just, you know, I was just a snooper. <laughs> and I came across all this stuff, boxes full of stuff. And I remember I told my brother, who is the ultimate leak. My brother is the worst secret keeper. So if you ever want something spread around the world, you give it to him. And I told him, I said, wow, I was upstairs in mom and dad's room, and I found this, and I found that, and I found this, and I found that. He then in turn tells my mom that, hey, Jeff found all this stuff. My parents were pretty pissed. My mom tried to inform me that, oh, that's not our stuff. That's for our cousins. And <laughs> my dad said, I remember a story when I was a kid, and I snooped, and I saw, and then my dad found out I saw, and I'm getting nothing. And now I'm in tears for weeks. <laughs> We did that. I did the same thing. Was, you just see that pile, you're like, oh, and then you get scared, yeah. and you're like, well, someone finds out. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It's a beautiful pile, though. Like, I just want, like, you just want to play with it right there. Like, oh, my God, i got to get into that right now. I know, but the surprise is, like, all of the fun. Because Mike will literally get, get my presents that I wrapped for him, and then hold it up, shake it, listen to it. I'm like, would you get off like it's supposed to be a surprise? There was one year he guessed every single gift I got him without even opening them. Uh, I'm like, that's just so not fun. He's also the guy that likes to know what happens at the end of every movie before he sees it. Like, I I can't get down with that. Oh, my God. I live with that person. They Google the story. All right, let's let's, uh, take a little twist here and get ready to introduce our guest, I'm beyond excited. I'm, I'm just like I'm like out of words. I'm gonna start saying dumb stuff <laughs> as we welcome our very special guest who's already laughing at me. The beautiful, the lovely, the talented Miss Misha Johnson. Misha, good evening. Oh my gosh! Hi, you guys. I love you. Hi. Good. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm great. So who am I? Who's all on the line right now? I have to say hi to all of you. So it is uh, Jeff, the gentleman you've been uh, speaking through hi, through Jeff, contact, yes. and uh, hello. My co-host is Jewel Tady, also a uh, local Philadelphian. Hi there. <laughs> nice hi. Nice to meet you. So yeah, we're a little nervous. I'm going to calm myself down a bit. I've uh, always been a big fan. <laughs> I, I love your videos. I love watching on the news. And like I said, we tried to get you a while back, Aww. and I was very flattered you remembered yeah. that. And uh, now that you're on to a new venture, reach out. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us this evening. Uh, there is nowhere else I would rather be, Jeff. So thanks so much for having me. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, or <laughs> listeners? <laughs> True. That is awesome. So if you don't mind, Jeff is so you, red. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Jeff is just a little red. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Thank you. 
So if you don't mind, uh, we're just going to ask you some questions, some stuff about past, um, your leading, and then your your current career, if you don't mind. So we'll uh, we'll get right to that. Sure, honey. I love this. And by the way, like I, I'm sure your viewers already know this, but this is this is kind of all improv, and just you and I kind of discussed this a little bit uh, via Facebook Messenger. I think kind of uh, early on, but I love that you guys do improv style. This gets this is the most fun. This is when it gets interesting and fun. Absolutely, and we have uh, we've been very fortunate. We get we get great guests on, and I would say ninety nine percent of them roll with it. I had never gotten a yeah. that was out of line after, so the heck, cool, <laughs> cool. All right, so um, I, I've read, you know, reading into your background that you uh, were born from very talented parents. Your mom was a ballet dancer. Your dad was a boxer. Um, so did that kind of set you up? Is like being in a public eye and being in front of people and just speaking out. Is that like in your blood? Were you born with it? Or how did you come about realizing that this was something for you? You know, it, it sounds kind of cliche to say, but um, for me, so I've got two sisters and two brothers. So there's five of us. And none of my brothers or sisters are in the media entertainment whatsoever. They all went more than medical, scientific route. But I knew at a very young age, in um, in fourth grade, I started writing uh, screenplays, and that led into more theater and kind of a real a real pull towards the arts um, on stage. And then when I was in junior high school, I knew without a doubt I was being pulled to uh, speaking and television more specifically, and I couldn't fake it, even if. Much to my uh, my mother's disappointment, I think that she really wanted me to go more the quote safe route, right, and go more into like right. the medical side of things, which is what she was more working with. And, uh, but my dad, oddly enough, when he was younger, was a little bit rebellious, and he used to also make films that at that time were a little controversial, or whatever. I didn't know so much about that when I was young, but later on, upon learning that, I kind of. I guess you could kind of say, yeah, I guess it maybe was in my bloodline a, a little bit. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, is we all have a calling and a purpose sure. for our life. And it's that kind of like constant little nudge deep inside of your soul. Some people end up following it. Some don't for you know, different reasons. We're like doing them. But, yes, it was always there, kind of a constant nudge. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you grew up in Minnesota. Were there a lot of outlets for you? Were did you go to any like um, performing arts schools or anything like that? Well, first of all, yeah, Minnesota isn't really so okay. The, the Minneapolis community has an amazing theater arts program because we have the Guthrie Theater, right? But it's not obviously a hub like some of the major media entertainment hubs, like some of the places on the East Coast or the West Coast. Right. It certainly has it, it certainly has a string of the arts in Minneapolis for sure. Although everyone kind of knows, if you want to go really into film, for example, and the acting, for example, you're going to have to move out of the Midwest at some point. But I did um, after high school. I moved over to Sweden. I lived in Sweden for years, and then I moved back to uh, Minnesota, where I attended the University of Minnesota Journalism School and Theater. And from there, I got picked up um, from the Young and the Restless 
and went out to New York for a hot minute. Something happened in my life where I had to come back and refocus for a little while. So, it, again, it was, it was always following me. And even when I was a journalism student at the University of Minnesota, I got uh, picked up to start hosting sports TV shows. So even if I tried to kind of move away from entertainment, even in Minnesota, it, it kind of followed me, and it, it, it kind of had a, its grip on me. Cool, though. <laughs> that really is awesome. Now, you said you spent time in Sweden, which I, I guess a lot of Americans look at Swedish, you know, tall, blonde hair, and et cetera. <laughs> um, <laughs> How did it differ? How did the style out there differ from what you're used to in America? Okay, so this is the cutest misconception I hear all the time. So I'm very Swedish. My parents on both sides are Jungfam, which is very, very Scandinavian Swedish look. So I'm primarily Swedish, and I am, you know, five four, brown hair, blue um, eyes. I burn, you know, a can kind of that typical thing. But everyone would always <laughs> say, you know, what Scandinavian you. You know, it's, 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 what about the blonde thing? But oddly enough, when I lived in Sweden, you, yes, of course, there are tons of, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, but there's a ton, I would almost say, more brunettes um, than there are blondes in Sweden. It's no way that actually seem like getting more blonde hair. But let's be honest, everyone colors their hair now. No one really knows where anyone's working yeah. anymore because... But I will say that it's it's I I'm primarily Swedish and I've got very dark brown hair, so you know there's that. All right, so I mean, because I kind of wonder, I'm like, huh, you know, I thought all Swedish were blonde hair. Misha dyed her hair dark. Did you really think every Swedish person has blonde hair? That is so cute of you. And every and every Italian looks like Jeff Perini. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's one handsome bunch of people, I got to tell you. Right. So, um, so you went over there. You did some study. You came back here. Um, did you you sort of compare the differences? Like, did you get in any kind of acting in Sweden or any kind of news? Well, no, but that in Sweden, so I would be studying the Swedish language, um, you know, five hours a day, five days a week. And my soul ached to return to my passions, which was more in the media and entertainment. But I have a pretty heavy accent living out in Sweden, especially in, in the beginning, obviously, having to learn the language from the ground up, hello, goodbye, thank you, all that kind of stuff. At the end of my time in Sweden, the main catalyst that was forcing me almost to come back to the United States was because I had to pursue my passions of television. And at that point, I didn't even really know why. And I didn't even, I wouldn't really know if I'd ever get a job. But I just knew I had to return to America, where it was kind of the land of entertainment, which that's what brought me back to the U.S. Yeah. Sure. And you said you hosted a sports show. Did you have any sports knowledge background or, you know, because it can be intimidating sometimes. Even when I'm on here and we're talking about sports and I'm like, oh, yeah, Eagles are great. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I just yeah. don't know everything. I, I try to learn, but um, did you have a background in that before you went on the sports show? 
Well, you're first of all, you're so right in that score. It can be very intimidating, if, if, especially when you get into the breast tax code, because everyone knows immediately if you know nothing. Or uh-huh. if you're just trying to act like you know something, <laughs> right? Everybody knows. So, right. Um, for me, I started actually in power sports, which was, coming from the Midwest, snowmobile racing, snowcross, supercross, dope bike motorcycle racing, quads, um that kind of led into NASCAR. Then I got picked up to host a show called Local Sports, which is all about college and pro ball. By that point, I was so embedded in the sports community, just in general, and being raised by my dad, who, yeah, was a professional boxer, but also played um, football for the University of Minnesota. And, you know, I was always kind of around sports. So even though I didn't know um, going into college ball and pro ball right away, all the players, and I kind of could get away a I could get away with a lot because I knew the, the, at least the basics enough to know what I was talking about. And I had worked in sports, power sports at that point for so long that I knew my way around the track, so to speak. I knew how to like, I knew how to kind of morph into what I needed to know to get, you know, in front of a microphone. So I guess you could say. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the advantage is, um, for women, and this, you know, not to be sexist or out of line, but the advantage for women is if you're an attractive woman and you're going to sit there and talk sports, guys are going to go, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. We don't care if you know what else. <laughs> no, I feel like, I, I feel like that, that was so true for so long, but then I feel like the culture has shifted just a little bit where now if they see, like, an attractive girl, they go, okay, did you just get the job because you're cute? you got to know something. Like, I yeah. feel like it's shifted a little bit, like, they, you better know something now if you're a good-looking female. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the, the beauty of it is, like, <laughs> I love I love talking sports, and Jewel, Jewel follows the local stuff, and she's not well as well into it as I am. But we keep it basic. She tries. She does a great job. So it's not all about, you know, a vast knowledge. Even if you just watch a little yeah. bit and know how to carry her own, it, that's great as well. It's, you know. Yep. Like, but I don't pretend yep. to know like that like I'll be I'll be honest about it. Like I, I I actually play sports, like I don't talk about them. But there are some phenomenal the, the girl on Fox right now, she's the Eagles broadcaster. <laughs> like she's the sports journalist and, and she's so smart and knowledgeable. Like, yeah, if you're if you're in that certain position, like you, you better know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Not me. Oh, for sure. Well, and, and I think that there's something to be said too, when it's your profession, when it's your job, you yeah. literally are drinking that every day, reading about it, ingesting it so that by the time game day comes, not only do you know because you've been living it all during the week, but then you've also been doing all the games. You know what happened the previous game. You know what happened the game before that. So literally you're just adding bricks on top of things that you already lived. It's a little right. different when, you know, you're just kind of stepping into it going like, oh, what, wait, what happened, you know, during the Eagle game last weekend? Or It's a little different there. But for those people that do it as a profession, they know it inside and out because they're literally living it and breathing it every day, all day. Yeah, I'm just here to tailgate. <laughs> yeah, amen, sister, amen. <laughs> so, um... So jumping ahead a little bit, how did you end up landing the job here in Philadelphia? Because, you know, you always hear how tough a market it is and how big a market it is. Uh, how did you end up here? Mm-hmm. What brought you to the job here in Philadelphia? Okay, guys, so this is where things kind of take a turn and get really interesting. Because in, right. <laughs> in about 
in about 2009, I had, um, I witnessed a spiritual awakening in my life, something that happened in the living room of my home that I was not seeking, it seeked me, which ended up absolutely changing the entire trajectory of my life. And it ended up sending me down this very crazy spiritual path of, First of all, I read the Holy Bible cover to cover, started a women's Bible study group, became so almost obsessed with learning as much as I could about what I had just experienced. And a series of events, which we don't have time to all talk about uh, right now, but a series of events over the years from that moment um, ended up happening that was sharpening all these these movements in my life to view life as a whole in a different way and in a much larger purpose and in a much eternal purpose, not so much linear anymore from start to finish in terms of how humans translate time, but a, an internal and eternal way. And I had a knock on the door one day after, long after the spiritual awakening happened. This is long after I had um, read and was studying now the Bible and doing the women's Bible group and still doing my TV stuff, and at this point I was kind of um, getting all these random TV jobs, and I, I got picked up by the news um, here in, in Minneapolis. But uh, somewhere around there, and to make a long story short, a priest knocked on the door, and he had a book about fasting in his hand. I took it. I was already reading all of this stuff, just a major student at this point, because of what I had experienced and witnessed. And I read this book about fasting, and in this in this book, it was talking about a church in, in um, San Diego that was beginning in two days, um, a 21-day Daniel fast. Now, I didn't know so much about fasting. I knew a little bit, but I didn't know a lot about it, but it was heavily laced in prayer. And I said, you know what, I'm going to jump on this prayer um, for 21 days, and I'm going to pray about my prayer came down to two things. I was in real estate. And I was also working in television. Real estate was lucrative. Television was my heart and soul. But having gone through some, some tough times with a, a, a man that I was married to, he was my high school sweetheart, and we were going through all these, um, he was actually a phone exchange student from Sweden, by the way. I'm going to start connecting some dots for you guys. Um, okay. We were married, and we were going through a, we had actually gone through a divorce at the time, and I was on a financial enema after the divorce. And in this, I was praying commercial real estate, good, lucrative money, or staying television in Minnesota, going back to um, what we had originally talked about, about it's not really the capital of media and entertainment. Right. But I, so I didn't know which way to go. So this 21 days fast, I ended up praying television or commercial real estate. And two days after that fast ended, which, by the way, I do it every single January, the first Sunday after the new year, if anyone wants to jump on board with me. I've done it every year since. Now, this was in uh, 2014 when I did my first uh, annual fast. Anyway, two days after that fast finished, when I had prayed the specific prayer, personal estate or stay in television, two days after that, that I completed that fast, CBS Philly called me out of nowhere. I didn't I wow. wasn't looking for a job. Wasn't looking, didn't have a news agent out there filling my headset around and spinning tables because I really was thinking 
I'm all like doing this kind of moneymaker commercial real estate stuff. This is going really well. Easy for me. I love real estate, own properties, I'm a landlord still. It was a kind of an easy thing for me to start to get into and gravitate towards. But I always knew that, like we were talking about since fourth grade, I knew at a very, very young age that TV and the pool and blah, blah, So when CBS really called me, I knew right away that it was much bigger than just a job in Philadelphia. It was a spiritual oh, yeah. calling. It was an assignment. Wow. And so I knew then that Philadelphia not only was going to become my second home for for the time that I would be there, but was also my spiritual home. And the people that I would encounter there would become not only my family, but a much deeper thing that I would have the opportunity, under God's grace, to minister to whoever was hurting. And I could share my test that later turned into testimony with every person I would come in contact with. So going out to Philly to do traffic, not so much, right? Like traffic is traffic. I didn't know the road. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Philly girl in 95, you know. But I knew going out there that it wasn't just that. It was that I was going to answer a higher calling. And it was going to be sacrificial. And it was going to test me. And I was going to be fearful. But it was all about completing the assignment that God had now laid out before me, and Philly was it. Philly was my spiritual home. And because I went out there with that focus, that Philadelphia is so much more to me than just a job that came my way, I, I can't even tell you the time that I spent there, how much I fell in love with the city and the people of Delaware Valley because it was so divinely inspired wow that's such a cool story um were you ever here before you got the job um did you never did you visit at all really and and no nervous about coming to this uh rough and tumble area (laughs) (laughs) so i i I, I don't know why a lot of people said oh my gosh i want so tough out there they could be really hard on you and you're just kind of like this oh minnesota girl everything's so great whatever but i remember thinking you know what People are people, and when you go to anywhere, if you go anywhere and you love them and you're just your authentic self and you say, hey, I don't know everything, and I'm not going to go your world perfectly, I'm not going to know directions perfectly, but here's the deal. I'm just going to love on you. I hope you adopt me in, and we're going to become a team, and we're going to kind of do this ping-pong thing back and forth. And I think with that attitude in life, where you just have to go, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm going to throw caution to land. I'm not going to live my life in fear, and I'm just going to love on the people. Things have a way of really working out in a really beautiful way. I think where people get scared wrong a lot of times in taking leaps of faith in life is that they become scared. What's going to happen? What if it's different? What if this happened? What, what? But if you take all that out and you realize that there is no such thing right now as time, we only have right now, and we just take it little by little, step by step because we're only given the light right before our next step we're not given the whole picture none of us are we don't have the whole picture the whole life story our whole purpose why did, what is the meaning of life and all this stuff all we get is the light to our feet for the next step so when i went out there i knew that i knew that even though of course i'm human i have my fears but i had to it's okay to be afraid and still push forward that is the journey that's what life's all about because 
freaking out. We have no dress rehearsal. We have this one life. That's it. And the time just kind of keeps on going by. So when opportunities come, especially when you feel like something inside of you that is divinely being led to you, that with fear, it's okay to feel fear as long as you don't let it cripple you to stay in place. And so when that call came, and even though we were giving you all these warnings all this stuff, I knew no matter what, fear was not going to hold me back from that. I love that. Yeah, it's incredible. That really is, and it's great. And it it worked out for the better. You're here uh, and looking at your career, I guess, roughly about three years. Am I correct? Yes, I did my my contract, and then um, coming up, knowing that my contract was up for renewal, I knew that that I had to take my my mission, my ministry, my kind of. Sure. We're all given these gifts, right? We've got we've all got our gifts, and we're called to use those gifts and our abilities for the better good of everybody. That it's not just about me and you know collecting my paycheck and you know going to these events. And I knew that if if you're equipped with your gifts, you know what they are, and if you can contribute to helping society, communities, and people as a whole, you have an obligation to be obedient. And follow that. So coming to the end of my, I call it assignment, my contract, I knew I wanted to take my, quote, kind of gift of gab and all my TV experience for the 15 years and take that to ministry and take that to help people who maybe are feeling hopeless, crippled in fear, can't move forward, are struggling with their deeper calling, purpose, and meaning of life, that I could maybe lend a hand to that because of my testimony and what I've experienced. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, did you, uh, I mean, as soon as you got here and not much longer after that, you kind of instantly became a household name. Everybody I knew was saying, hey, have you seen this? And it was male and female. It wasn't just like a male thing. It was like, it's like have, you, have you seen this new girl on CBS? And I put it on and I'm like, wow, like you just had it. Like you said, it's almost like you were called to bring it in a certain way with a certain look and a certain style and you owned it. And you owned us, and we love you. Was it hard walking away? Oh, <laughs> Jeff, I just love you guys so much. Like, you can't really say that. Like, my heart just wants to jump out of my chest because I just loved the people there so, and I always will. And by the way, Philly will always be my spiritual home. It will always be my second home, my spiritual home. I love the people there so much, but you're right. When you are called to do something in life, and we can all kind of maybe attest to this in our own right, in our own flight, in our own pathway, that when we're called to do something, you don't even need to try. It's just there. And no one can right. really put their finger on it. They just know that there's something that's there that's working, and that's because it's not us. It's a divine calling. Us is ego, pride, right? But if we know that it's right. not us, it's a gift that we've been given to help other people, to for the betterment of something, a higher calling for me was to minister. I was called to minister. And even if that minister was just smiling and being happy during a traffic report, I was being called to do that. So I was going to show up every day with a good attitude, smile on my face. It was not easy getting up at 1 o'clock in the morning. But dang it, I was going <laughs> to show up tomorrow. Be happy, loving people, because it's not easy getting up every day, day in and day out, going to work and going through the drudgery of what life can feel like 
over time, day after day, week after week, month after month. So it was my job to do what I could to make anyone feel better. So if that, if that has anything to do with, hey, that's not me, that's God. And that was a divine mission for me to minister. And, and if it made anyone smile, one, I did my job. And you definitely did that. You made so many people smile, and you influence, and you help out so many people. Um, I, I just wanted to ask, like, if, if one of your fans comes to you and say, like, Misha, I'm having a really tough day, like, they're having the worst day ever, and, like, what would your advice be to them, like, right now? What could they do to feel better? Because everyone gets into funks, and, and what do you do when you get in those funks sometimes? Great question. So I think the first thing that people have to realize in those moments when they're just in this thing of life, the darkness, the dark cloud, they're having a really bad day, bad week, bad month, is first and foremost for them to recognize that they are not alone. That feeling is so incredibly universal across every human being's life, and I don't care what that highlight on Facebook, highlight reel on Facebook looks like, every single human being knows and can be empathetic and compassionate towards that feeling that someone's feeling. So the first thing that I say is, what you're feeling right now is so normal, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Never, ever push those feelings away, like, oh, don't feel that way. What's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like I'm in this dark place? Because you're human. Every human being is going to. But in that pivotal moment, right then, we have a decision to make. We can either decide to let all of those thoughts that are kind of holding us captive and feeling bad and feeling like what's wrong with my life and I'm a habit on my job, my family, my spouse, my boyfriend, girlfriend, this, that, whatever. Whatever those negative thoughts are, if we meditate on those, if we think about those over and over and over again, they will absolutely become our reality. So I would say... In those moments when those thoughts are coming and it's a bad day and it's feeling hard, that is okay. But remember, say to yourself, now, two keys. What we say to ourselves is first and foremost the most important thing, the most important words that anyone in this world will ever tell us. What we tell to ourselves in our head becomes our reality. Not even something for someone else's. It's what we have on repeat in our minds. The most important thing that we can do is go, yep, I'm having a hard day today. Today is not great, but here's the deal. I know in this universe that I am loved, and I know that I'm specifically equipped for something really, really impactful for this universe. So that's okay that I'm feeling not so good right now, but I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to know that I'm wonderfully and perfectly made. Now, if I can, I'm going to get a little faith on you a little bit. But by the creator of the one that has created us and chosen us to be alive at this very moment for higher purpose than just ourselves, is saying you are perfectly and wonderfully made. If the creator of the entire universe can say that we are perfectly made with our flaws and all, that one little day that's making us feel bad or a certain experience in life at a certain season is holding us down, that can't seem to be the color of what we tell our minds our whole lives are. 
we have to in that moment say, it's okay to feel this way. I am not alone, but I know that my very best days are ahead of me. And we continue to tell ourselves on repeat in terms of a positive message, which, by the way, is biblical. It's scriptural. If we can continue to be on repeat there, it is so incredible how those negative thoughts disappear. And it doesn't even matter what they are. It doesn't matter how dark or negative we all went through, I'm assuming, very tough times. And if we haven't yet, we will. We will. Because life is not going to be easy. It is not all you know, butterflies here, it's, it's tough, and it's the journey, and it's pushing through those moments. So how do we push through? It is going to be what we tell ourselves. We cannot rely on other people to lift us up off the because other people are dealing with their own stuff. So we can lead into friends and family, and we certainly can be leading in to our creator, no doubt. And that is something that I've learned from having that spiritual awakening. My goodness, did that change my life. But not only that, even if you're in the very beginning stages of, you know, faith, you know, believing in the creator or whatever it is, even if you're in the very beginning stages or not there at all, that's okay. Because you can start in your mind. You're all, like you're not, equipped with that Holy Spirit that is going to remind us who we are. So if we have that on repeat as opposed to, oh my God, yeah, my life sucks and this is so hard. If we continue on that, our life will blossom to that. If we continue on it, I'm in this season right now, and that's okay. I'm human, but guess what? I am perfectly and wonderfully made, and my very best days are ahead of me. He, the creator, is doing something new right now. All of that self-talk, all of it, literally will transform our lives. And here's number two. Get out and sow seed. What we yeah. sow into the ground, we will reap. So if you're having a horrible day, get out there and do something good. I don't care if it's walking by someone who is homeless. And by the way, there is so much need. Walk by. Put money in that cup. You don't have to worry about what the person's going to do with it. That's between them and God. What your job is, is your job between you and God. Get out there and sow seed into the ground. Go pay for someone's coffee. Go tithe at a, at a church. Go minister to someone who's hurting worse than you. The more seed you can plant in that ground, we will reap what we sow in the exact same measure. So the minute we get our focus off ourselves and the other people's need and see that reaction and feel that love, we'll immediately remind us that our problems are not that bad and they're changing. Seasons change. It snaps us back into reality that what we are feeling right now, those feelings, not live our life forever. Those feelings are fleeting. So what we tell ourselves and getting out there and planting seed into the ground for other people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I mean, thank you. You just made me feel better. I, I know you make people <laughs> feel better every day. It, it's it's serious, though. Like, people need to hear that every day, and they need that, that affirmation, and they need that drilled into them. Like, you you, yeah. you can be the change yourself. And um, positive thinking and, and prayer, you know, whatever you need to yeah. do to, to, to get out of that and um, – so just thank you, and um, I know our audience thanks you too. Good, good. Yeah, surround yourself, by the way, with really, really amazing people who love you and believe in you. When things are toxic, that has to be shoved during tough times. Absolutely. Agreed. And that's uh, that's what we try to do here with our show. We 
have been very much blessed to get great talent, people that believe in themselves, and it always makes for great interviews. Like yourself, you speak very truly about what you believe in, and it, it just flows so natural, which is awesome. Um, we're going to put you on the hook a little bit. We like to do this little thing every episode. We call it Top 5. We're not going to go top five. We're going to go top three. What was your top three favorite things in your time here in Philly? Top three. <clears throat> okay. Um, number one, I love meeting all the different people around the Delaware Valley. I did this segment called Misha's Dream Drives, where I would literally go yes. all over the Delaware Valley to different places and meet different people. I saw so many different things and met so many people who heard so many different stories that I swear I could write books for ages about people's different <laughs> walks and life paths and like how they came sure. from point A to point B. It, it means literally the so number one most definitely was meeting all the people I did through all the stories um, that I did. Number two, I I love working in television in Philadelphia. The, the television culture in Philadelphia is so much fun, especially for someone like me who loves working in television. kind of the only thing that, that I know. And so having the opportunity to work for CBS3 and to work with my colleagues and to work in the media space um, on the East Coast was incredible incredible for me so television my job um would be second and then third i would have to take food there was so so many different restaurants and cultures differences in the food there and they are so authentic i would tell people all the time now i understand what people say they can eat their way through Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley, but more specifically in Philly, because there are so many places to eat. And I just ate and ate and ate and ate. And I, I, you know, I literally say that I have, I mean, I, I've visited so many different places from all the places that I've hosted and done different media things throughout the years, but Philly takes the cake on food and spirit. Obviously, I have to say this. Their sports culture is insane. It's amazingly fun and insane. <laughs> and I had the uh, the great privilege of when the Eagles went to the championship game, ultimately won it, of course, but they came to my home state of Minnesota, and um, yes. I was here recording on it. <laughs> no, you know what? I think this is so true in, in the vein of every human being. Everyone loves the underdog, right? Everybody yeah. wants yeah. to see the underdog win, right? So, so I being living in Philly and loving on my Eagles, but also being bleeding purple because I was born in Minnesota and loved the Vikings. It was certainly a weird dichotomy, but I was so happy for the Eagles, but living in that, living in that space and that culture with fans that are so diehard, I mean, I'll never forget, I was working at the first CBS 3 live from the Minneapolis airport when all the Eagles fans were just filing off all the airplanes, it was like the sea of green just infiltrating Minneapolis, <laughs> and I thought, wow, I mean, this is absolutely freaking spectacular, so that's one of the kind of things that really, really resonate and will always resonate with me with Philly. Oh, you need one of those double Minnesota <laughs> Eagles jerseys. 
<laughs> yes, like, put that yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to do that, but I got shut down real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, again. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a question. So uh, we know you're so passionate about television, and obviously your 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 faith is so deep and everything. Did you ever think of combining the two and maybe trying out in uh, like a mini series of of helping people and and using, you know, your your voice to help people in in a television show. So I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Um, I am in seminary school right now, Ooh. and the reason I am is because I absolutely will take my pastoral duties to the media conglomerate. I knew my I knew that I needed to help on a on a on a global stage. The global effort human beings are hurting all over the world, especially in the world that we live in right now, it's such fast pace with screen, all this stuff. There's this real sense of hopelessness and where do I belong and kind of floundering around around trying to figure it all out. And because of my unique experience, because of my television background, I knew that I had to combine my which, will, which goes into the preteen minister pastor side of seminary, into on television. So that right now is actually being built. Wow. That, as we speak, it's wow. already happening and coming to fruition. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Breaking breaking news right here on the air <laughs> show. Is. Oh, no, that's right. Only my nearest <laughs> know that right now, right? <laughs> Very exciting, and I can't wait to see it um, because I'm I'm an avid fan. I'm gonna be honest. I do watch, um, you know, I watch the videos, the Ask Misha Monday and Wednesday Wisdom, and all of them. I always watch your words because it inspires me. It does make me feel a little bit better. It does help me on days when I'm just like, I don't feel like doing this today. And then I watch them, like, you know what? I'm gonna go out and do it. Well, hell yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how you should feel. <laughs> I do, and it certainly does help because there's there's so many uh, different outlets. And if you're a fan of Misha's or you follow Misha, which lots of people do, I see everybody likes your stuff and comments, um, all kind of great stuff. www.mishajohnson.net, uh, Misha P. Johnson on Instagram, Misha Johnson on Facebook, Misha P. Johnson on Twitter, Misha on LinkedIn. You're everywhere, and it's great. <laughs> you use the social outlets, and I can't thank you enough for how how strongly you pushed this episode for us tonight too you're everywhere and we love that thank you you guys are so welcome and both of you i'm so proud of you jack thank you so much for reaching back out to me and having me do this because if there's one thing that's the most important that we could ever do is lift other people up so i so appreciate you love you both i'm your biggest cheerleader jeff i know you think you're my fan but i'm actually your fan I'm oh. your biggest fan. Oh, no. So we, we, are now, <laughs> we are now a big team. I just love you both so much, and um, thank you so much for this time and interview. Thank you very and much. So enjoyed it. When you're, back, when you're back in town, feel free to shoot us a message. We'll get together on a neutral site and hang out and talk if you'd like. We would love that. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm actually going to be speaking at a big um, leadership conference at the Kimmel Center in Philly come April. And when I when I yep. am there, I'm going to definitely have to stop in and see you guys. 
Very nice. See, we will definitely be there. You talk about <laughs> you talk about the spiritual signs. My birthday's in April. That is my birthday gift. Oh Amisha my gosh. Johnson comes back. Yeah. Oh, I am. I am so much a believer. I can't even take it. That's all. Awesome. Um, I am gonna. I am going to jump right on that birthday cake. Okay. Oh. Oh. Absolutely. That's the greatest moment ever. This has been Jeff a great event. You've gone. Gone for the night. <laughs> wow. Um, awesome. But we would love to welcome you back to the show sometime down the road, uh, a month, two months, or a regular appearance just to shoot some motivation, if you like, whatever. We would love to have you back anytime. I'd love to be with you guys again. You guys have an awesome night tonight. Keep in touch, and I'll see you guys hopefully in April when I'm in town. Absolutely. Yes, thank the you. amazing the amazing, the talented, the motivational, and the incredibly smart and wonderful. I can't have enough adjectives. Misha Johnson. Misha, thank you so much. And have yourself an awesome evening. Love you guys. We'll see you later. We love you thank too. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I, I think I did faint for a second. I want to fall off the chair. I wish you had a Fitbit right now so I could see like your heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard here Misha Johnson jumping out of my birthday cake this April. <laughs> wow. And now honestly, all your friends will come to your birthday. <laughs> oh my god, it'll be a birthday bash unlike any. She could wear like a big heavy sweater and all. It doesn't have to be anything like snazzy. And <laughs> Misha Johnson jumps out of my birthday cake. Oh, I feel like I'm dreaming. She's so awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. She's wonderful. And I, I that's why I tried so hard to get her on. I knew it would be upbeat. I knew it would be fun. I knew it would be uh, uplifting. I knew it would be a great story. She said there was a ton of stories that she didn't have time for. To, you know, that just opens the door to bring her on back, which I had no problem with. Yeah, absolutely. We love having guests back. I love all of our guests. Let me just say that again because anyone that comes on here is just amazing, and she was definitely not an exception. She was so good. Yeah, she was awesome. Um, and like I said, and I always – praise them whenever I get an opportunity because we do get great guests. We get guests that believe in what they're talking about. They're proud to be on. They're honored to be on. They're excited. And we get excited for them. It's great. This is a great platform. I love doing this. I should. We should do this eight days a week. You know, and I felt so not right starting this episode. I felt like sick. And then after talking to her, I feel so good. And I'm, I'm so amped up and positive right now. Just shooting sunshine yep. beams. Everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm. Uh, I kind of want to just stop the episode, hibernate until April, and wake up in time for my <laughs> birthday cake jump out at the Kimmel Center. Jeff's going to listen to this episode back quite a few times. <laughs> and play it back the second it ends, and I'm going to put earphones in while I sleep and play it back, and and uh, at work tomorrow, and let all my friends hear it. <laughs> Dude, your phone's ringing. (laughs) My phone's not ringing. Shut up. Awesome. Very excited. So happy. Love Misha Johnson. Love her very much. She's awesome. And uh, like I said, check it all out. She's got got a platform on every form of social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. um, Her own website, MishaJohnson.net. And she brings so much material. It's always great stuff. Great quotes. Great videos. Like I said, they asked me for Monday, Wednesday wisdom, all that. She's uh, very upfront to tell you exactly what's on her mind, how she feels, and it's wonderful. I definitely have to go on that 
January 5th, too. I got to get wedding ready. So I might hop on that train. <laughs> there you go, now. Coming, Jeff? That's... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fast. <laughs> what I do is called more like a slow because I last maybe about 30 seconds. Um, that's one thing you didn't do. You didn't invite Misha to your wedding or ask her maybe to do the service since she's getting into spiritual and ministry and all that stuff. She can be my officiant. Yes! <laughs> Imagine how positive that would be. Yeah, right. Mike would just be looking at her and then looking at me and be like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm out. Can I have a do-over? Yeah, you're pretty damn awesome, Jewel T. Don't sell yourself short. I love it. can't upstage your uh, bride. Come on. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. That's that's a lot of competition. Like, I wanted to get into, she was so much into, like, the spirituality things. I kind of wanted to ask her, like, about her outfits, if she does her own outfits, and you talk about her makeup and all that. We'll save that for another episode. Yeah. We'll bring her back. I mean, Fun it's, out, yeah. it's she's a, pretty on point, so I would like to know her secrets. <laughs> yeah, she's an outstanding I need that dresser. Amazing. Yeah, I know, right? I'm a guy and I want to know <laughs> who does your makeup. I'm getting ready to wear makeup. No, I'm very <laughs> interested in all the ladies' makeups. I, you know, it's it sounds weird, but and it kind of comes from being around women. Like I, I look at my wife and she's so much into you know, I'm not putting makeup on and it never really is a big deal whether she does or doesn't because she just has that beauty. But I always get interested in it. It's something I always... I don't know why. I can never be a girl. I mean, you have to do it right. And your wife, she does it right. You have to know how to do it the right way. You know what I mean? You need to uh, balance the good. Like Stacey K, she did all her own. And and you noticed that. You complimented her. So, uh, yeah. Another positive person. Getting all this positive, good energy, good vibes. Good for the new year. I agree. I agree. I mean, when I finally divorced my wife for Misha Johnson, she'll tell me about her makeup secrets. I really hope your wife <laughs> isn't listening. We'll find out in a minute. Okay. <laughs> It'll be ringing and... I'm a, I'm a good boy, I swear. Um, this is the week of perfect women, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know, right? Because uh, Misha Johnson tonight and Wednesday... A Wednesday. One of our absolute positive favorite women in our show's run from Stoop and now Yo Show, Lilith and the Night's lead singer Lilith, Miss Tanya Stiefert, will be here. So excited. Calling from the UK. We spoke a little bit today, and I, I told her, I said, I feel bad. Our show's at 8 o'clock, and it's going to make one or two a.m. there. And she says, not a problem. Never a problem. I will be there. She's so awesome. Uh, debuting new That's music. We've got a, yeah, we've got a sneak peek at our new video today, which I enjoy. The uh, song is called War Cry. We're going to play it here. I believe it's a U.S. premiere. I believe. Even if not, we're going to say this. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. That's right. Very sure. That's uh, Wednesday night. Lilith. I believe it's her fourth appearance. That that's the lead. That's actually wow. and she's she's such a great guest. Um humble, kind, good spirited, a lot of fun. And she told me she's looking forward to yet another chat, which is great. We love it. That's awesome. It is very awesome. I am very excited. We're gonna play that song 
Wednesday before it comes out for its official release on the 30th along with the video. So, uh, yeah, we're dropping some stuff before the world gets their hands on. It's exciting. And we also heard about the world premiere breaking news of the new Misha Johnson inspirational television show. How about that? That That's crazy. It's awesome stuff. Now right on the head there. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, let me see. Let me look down the list of the shows. That wasn't on Joe Rogan today. Nope. He didn't reveal it. Nope. 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 Howard Stern didn't reveal it. But a goddamn Yoast show did. Breaking news. Don't say goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If you're still listening, Misha, that was clearly Jewel that said it in her man. <laughs> we'll find Gosh. it at 9 o'clock. It's fine. Uh, we always have fun at the 9 o'clock. 20 after 9, that's when all hell breaks. So it's, get it again. Stop it. Just stop. Let me sit the next few rounds out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, go sit in the corner for about 20. I got it from here. Man, I watch what I say. It's like second nature to say stuff like that. So let's look ahead a little bit to what we got coming on on our show. The 28th, as we said, we do have Lilith from Lilith in the Night. Play a new song. December 3rd, the return of the amazing Nancy Valen. Love Lisa Nancy Valen. She's fantastic. Uh, it's going to be kind of tough because it's going to be the Eagles Redskins game as well. So I hope Nancy Valen doesn't mind me cursing and screaming in her ear. That'd be oh, a nice man. It's <laughs> okay. Always room for Nancy Valen. Maybe she'll be a good luck charm. The Eagles will beat Washington. That'd be great. <laughs> December, 3rd. Uh, December 12th, Singer Kiyomi Hawley will be our special guest. Looking very, very forward to that. Uh, December 17th, another great singer-entertainer, Kendra Black. And on the 26th, here's a good one that Jewel brought to us. Uh, the inventor, if you will, or the owner of Cantor Guitars. How about that? Robert Cantor will be here. That's very exciting. We're going to ask him a lot of questions about people who own cantors and play cantor guitars and others. Like, I got a million questions already buzzing through my head because even though I've learned to play drums, I love guitar. I'm such a guitar guy. A lot of great questions. That's going to be awesome. And that's the awesome December that we're lining up for you. Uh, Nancy Valen, Kiyomi Holly, Kendra Black, Robert Cantor, and of course, me and Joel. I love it when the month is, like, diverse. Like, we get guests from all different spectrums you know we have um Kiyomi, who's an excellent songwriter and then we have kendra who's a little bit edgier and then robert Cantor, who you know teach us all about guitars and, and making and everything so it's going to be uh pretty exciting and then we have the christmas show open still tbd yeah absolutely <laughs> to be determined <laughs> But we always try to do something good for the holiday. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get something going on. Absolutely. Get a little something going on. I got Jewel the biggest, baddest present today, too. It's huge. Cost me a fortune. Nice. <laughs> Again, man, you hate when people do that? Oh, I got you. Oh, I just see the present I got. That's awesome. <laughs> you're like, great. I'm just, let me, uh, just hoping let me go Jeff out and try to some... compete. High life. I some alcohol in return. <laughs> I really want the champagne, the champagne bottle one though. 
Not from you. Unexpected from you. I just want it for myself. Yeah, that is pretty So I can drink it. (laughs) Speaking of champagne, what we did on um, Thanksgiving. So we had dual Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving Friday we did at um, my brother's house. And Cassie and I were given this rather expensive bottle of champagne for our wedding from her brother. And we decided to um, bring it, break it open. And Cassie Googled it. She's like, wow, you know how much this thing is worth? I almost like felt bad to open it, but it was delicious. Not going to lie. How much was it? Now I have to know. $175. Get out. Go you oh, guys. Man. Have I know, it. right? It, it was so good that I absolutely just had to do it. It was yummy. At least it was tasty and not some overexpensive crap. That's what really about because you, you hear different rumors about like the real expensive stuff being like ultra dry and yeah, not that good. This was great. You know what's my favorite champagne? Of beer. Any kind? <laughs> <laughs> no, Harley. No, I do. I do it. I I like champagne. You know, Mike won't even have a glass on New Year's Eve, but I enjoy it. You know, really? It might, I it might make you a little sick if you drink too much of the cheap stuff, but I enjoy a nice. I love mimosas. They're great. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to tell you a story now. That you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> wow. This goes back a few years. A lot of few years. God, I think I might have been about 30. So it goes back a while. Is that a um, New Year's Eve party? I brought three bottles of champagne with me, and everyone's like, ah, oh, nice. We're going to do a toast. I'm like, toast? This is all I'm drinking. This is all I'm drinking all night long. <laughs> Two bottles of regular and one bottle of the pink. So I drank all, all three bottles. <sighs> Around 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, I locked myself in my friend's bathroom where I lie on the floor when I was told naked as I prepared to throw up eventually. Uh, yeah, so don't drink too much. Three bottles is definitely the limit. You know you just said that story on the same episode as Misha Johnson, right? Well, what am I doing here? <sighs> don't drink too much champagne, folks. But you know what? A lot of actresses do because it is the least amount of calories you can drink. So that's why they drink it so much out there. Fun fact. But I have to tell you, my old favorite, and we're talking of Philly foods, foodie places, man, I had this coffee shop around the corner from me when we lived in Fishtown. And first of all, they gave the dogs free water and free food and biscuits so that was always nice. And they would always give you a compliment mimosa. And I thought that was so awesome. Wow. You go along with your coffee in the morning. They were great. I think it was called the Coffee House on York Street. Yeah, they're awesome. Shout out to those wow. guys. Shout out to those guys. No, we didn't get paid to plug them either. Nope. <laughs> Not dropping hints or anything. Uh, let's hit a couple more topics because I'm curious about a couple subjects. We've got about a half hour to go. Or sooner, if I run out of gas. Um, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is under heavy fire, folks. And she knows what I'm going to say. She already huffed and puffed, and she kind of looked at me weird. Uh, so now it's being called racist, because there was a scene when the, 
the one black character sitting on one side of the table by himself and everybody sitting on the other side. Which I never noticed. All the years I've seen it, because I watch Charlie Brown stuff pretty much every year, never even noticed. Hmm. Do you think there's any validity to this? Do you, do you think it's set out to be racist? You know, I thought about this, and we don't know what the creators or the illustrators were thinking when they did this. All is all, all we know now is we see it, and there's obviously an issue. And as with past Disney cartoons, you know, there was that a kind of, uh, you know, racism undertone in some of them. So they went back in and they changed it. And I guess that's all we can do. If people are offended and maybe they have a reason to be, I, I haven't seen it. I saw, I saw a snapshot of it. I'm not a huge Charlie Brown watcher. Um, but you know, if they want to change it, I, I don't see it being a big deal. If they could just change maybe that one scene. They can. And you know, we have to be silly if we think that racism is ever going to go away and there's not going to be some people that are closed-minded or anything of that nature. I didn't think this... I didn't think this was meant to be any certain way. I think it was just kind of a, a drawing that came out to be. I mean, it's an old show. It's been around a long time, which is kind of weird that people are coming out with it now, but, it, I mean, people have gotten to be ultra-sensitive whatever, and I'm not trying to be nonsensive or, or mean about it, but I think you're reading in there just a little too much. Well, where was the smelly kid sitting? I think if anyone was going to sit by himself, <laughs> it should be the, the kid with the cloud around him. You know, again, not trying to be close-minded, but the smelly, stinky kid, he's white. So, there aren't I mean, races against the smelly kid. He's white. <laughs> he, he should be sitting at the kitty table by himself with that dust cloud. It's amazing that they're friends with that kid. If anything, they should be commended for being friends with that smelly kid. He hasn't bathed himself in a hundred years. What's in the pig pen? They call him pig pen. Pig pen. If anybody's got a concern about being outcast, it's pig pen. What kind of name is that? <laughs> that's like calling. That's like calling me hottie. It's like stating the overly obvious. It's like the little rascals. That kid's name was Froggy. With the frog. <laughs> hey guys. And I know I'm a hottie. Keisha Johnson comes out my birthday cake. Enough set. And your birthday set. Just like I'm having oh. my birthday at the Kimmel Center. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like the Kimmel Center. I'm gonna get up on that stage. Oh, I forgot your your number your number's twenty seven too, right? Yes. Yeah. So Hextall, that's why I always like Hextall too, because I'm January twenty seventh. And my sister is April twenty seventh, just like you. About that. Yeah, I never even realized back then. It was funny because when I was younger, and cause my mom, before she passed, became a big hockey fan. My mom watched hockey every night. But well before that, when Hextall was in town, and she got me to 27, she's like, oh, do you like that number because it's your birthday? I'm like, no, I didn't like this guy Hextall. He's awesome. I always like that number, though. 27's a good number. It is a great number. It is a favorite TV traffic reporter jumping out of birthday cake kind of number. (laughs) (laughs) 
Either that or a restraining order. One of the two are coming my way. <laughs> yeah. Not quite sure. There was no invites tonight on your part. <laughs> no, no. Notice I didn't invite her to my basement, though. I learned my lesson there. <laughs> I even, like, I even rehashed that story to my wife, because I don't know if she listened to that episode. As a matter of fact, it was this, um, it was Wednesday night, because you had said there was an outside chance your cousin might be in town, and, and I said, you know, I might be a little embarrassed to face her, because one time she was on a minute, about coming to my basement, and, and Jewel was like, that's creepy, and my wife was like, that friggin' creepy. So, yeah, uh, it's embarrassing. That's hardcore. It's fine. Thank you. Uh, let's get back to a a sports topic that's not overly sports. So you don't have to retrain sports knowledge. Just kind of a basic knowledge of uh, social acceptance, if you will. Fans of the Philadelphia 76ers have started a petition. <laughs> and this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And it all kind of started the other night when they lost to Cleveland. Who's like the worst team in the league? And the Flyers lost their, and Flyers, the Sixers lost their perfect home record at the time. Sitting front row, courtside, Kendall Jenner. Now, Kendall, hmm. of course, is apparently Ben Simmons' girlfriend. They're back together again. Uh, but the fans have started a petition to ban her from attending Sixers games. You know, citing the whole Kardashian curse thing and. Every guy to get involved with never wins anything, and they were upset she was there, and they were upset uh, Sixers, I keep saying Flyers, Sixers lost their home streak. Is this the craziest thing you've ever heard? Is this crazy talk? Would you sign this petition? I mean, give me your outlook. I mean, honestly, Kendall isn't the one that bothers me. And she's not a Kardashian. She's a Jenner. I mean, her dad is an Olympian. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the curse is brought on by her. She actually is probably one of the smarter ones of that family. So yeah. I don't mind her being here. Um, I think she has a, cause I watch the show all the time. I think she's, she has the more, uh, more smarts, let's say than the other ones like that Kylie. Oh my Lord. Like <laughs> she cannot, she can't get a sentence out. Like, She's just very unintelligent. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind Kendall. I don't mind Kendall. She'll have to come to the games. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see us win. And then all the fans are like, all you're doing by banning her is driving Ben Simmons. I'm going to play out west. I doubt it. I don't think he's looking that much into it. I really don't. Think? Um, Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? It's ridiculous. It's expensive tickets she's buying there. I mean, she sat front row. Who she sit next like, to? Do we know? Just randoms or her friends? Yeah, I think it was just kind of randoms. Hmm. But it's funny you mentioned like um, she's not officially a Kardashian. She's a Jenner, so she's got a mom and a dad mom or whatever that is now. They 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 call. I'm gonna get the pronouns wrong. They call her dad. They call. Her dad. Okay. Yeah. I so kind of I kind of forgot what is what is his name now? Caitlin. Caitlin, I forgot. And I literally with the, forgot. With the C, not the not the K. Well, of course. But you the K would be too much like she, Ray, be she too much to Chloe Sorry. Chloe Kim kind of thing. So. Wow. <laughs> so glad I brought that topic up. up. 
Gotta keep up. <laughs> they should make a show about that. About keeping up with, like, the Kardashians. That'd be a great show. Hmm. Might be onto something. All to something. Starring Mr. Johnson. No. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, this is it really is the time I should unplug it myself. Uh, quick update: Houston Texans on top, twenty-one to ten. Uh, for everybody who is curious, Deshaun Watson does have two touchdowns. Lamar Miller has a ninety-seven-yard touchdown run. Still losing by about eighteen points. Don't see it happen tonight, Joel Teddy. Looks like a fantasy football loss. This loss will most likely put me out of the playoffs. I'm very upset. I'm sorry for you. Thank you. Thank you for acting like you care. That's adorable. <laughs> Joel Taney, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> uh, is careless. I'm just so happy I'm not in a fantasy league this year because I, I was just getting yelled at every single week. And I was just like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to win. I, I knew I wasn't going to win within, like, the first two weeks. So I'm out. Yeah, I I started the season terrible. I made a tremendous comeback in both of my big leagues. And, like, I was there. I'm, like, ready to make the playoff run. And all of a sudden, the last two weeks have not been pretty again. And it's not going to happen. Special thanks go out to James Conner, who had an awful week. Marlon Mack, who had a terrible week. You all know who you are. You all know who shit the bed for me this week. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> you all owe me money. God damn it. Took the Lord to mean again. What? What's that? <laughs> I say you took the Lord's yeah. name in vain again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Cheese and crackers. I just did it again. I just did it again, didn't I? Cheese and crackers. Holy baloney. You know it's hard <sighs> working with children. I'm always like sugar dumpling honey pie. I could not do that. I could not do that. The things that would come out of my mouth, I'm going to be honest, I would be the worst kid supervising kid guy thing. Well, you know, coming from the Yo Show and then going to my like day job, I'm like, where where do I turn it off? I know, right? Capacity. We do it every time, too. Like I said, like Misha was coming on tonight, and she's going to talk about spiritual things, and me and Joel try to tone it down. Meanwhile, I'm guzzling beer. I'm taking the Lord's name in vain. I'm cursing at the TV. It's There's a field goal by Kayami Fairbairn, who my opponent has. So I'm back down by 22 points. Tough loss tonight. Tough, tough loss. Yeah. Tough loss, Joel Tady. I hear you. Tell you your concerns. Don't put your hands up in the air at me. <laughs> lose, lose. It happens. Sounds the best. All right. So we are going to pack it in tonight. We had an awesome episode. A humongous thanks to Misha Johnson for being even more amazing than I would ever have hoped. For telling me I was cute. Telling me I was adorable. Telling me she loved me. Promise to jump out of my cape. I'm also <laughs> spreading great words of wisdom. <laughs> I said that for less. No, sir. Fantastic. Uh, a big thanks to her. Don't forget again Wednesday night, 
Lilith from Lilith of the Night comes back and joins us all the way from the UK. We're going global here on the Yo Show. Uh, tomorrow night, don't forget to catch Jewel Tatey. She'll be live at Spumoni's Pizza House doing Quizzo. That's on the corner of First and First Streets. Oh, I'm making all this up. <laughs> Waiting for Dave to get promo gigs. Jewel's like, what, what happened there? They are coming, that. though, so be on the lookout. Maybe we'll do That's a meet right. and greet. Yeah, we're going to do a special... We're going we're to be the opening act for Troy David Hendrickson one of these times. Wow, he is doing a big... Do you see Exploding. that Christmas show? Oh, my God. He is... Did it again! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, she, he's, she's, she's, he's everywhere. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he is just, yeah, I know, now he's, he's blown up, he's a big deal, he's he's doing great things, I always get a kick out of his, um, whenever he does his drag, because I remember asking him how he loses the facial hair, like, how do you hide the facial hair, he's like, uh, I shave it. (laughs) Yeah, but not all the time, I mean, the first Aunt Mary Pat video, like, full beard, like, no shame. Yeah, I guess so. But I look like he leaves on Frank Mary Pat, but when he does his drag, he, he shaves it. Oh, right. And I, I had. So I you know what like always impresses on. me? Like the the cleavage. Like it just looks so great. It does. It, it does Should look great. Like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, like I I do a quick blow by. I'm like, whoa! I'm like, oh my gosh, Troy. <laughs> Usually it's have several drinks. It's not like it's something I do when um, you know, I do kind of half, half, you know. Never mind, I'm losing it here. Same episode, Jeff. Same episode. Yeah, no. Why we? I guess I won't be listening to this replay because, yikes! I'm scaring myself now. Like I'm just glad this was like an embarrassing you episode and not an embarrassing me episode for once uh, this, in my yeah, life. This is a first. Wow, this is a first. <laughs> like to thank the good people at Decking and Beer for uh, making my tongue run wild tonight. Wow, so much for that. Uh, there should be somebody jumping out my birthday cake, or I should be a lawyer with a restraining order. Hi, right, this is from uh, Misha Johnson. You've been served. Excellent, thank you. I'm pretty hard. I'll talk. Mostly talk. <laughs> Weren't we ending this ten minutes ago? <laughs> should have. Yeah, def- definitely should have. But no, on a serious note again, uh, thank you to Misha Johnson. Great appearance tonight, great stories. We had a great time. Uh, and again, Wednesday night, Lilith. From Lilith and Light, Tanya will be here with us. We'll share a new song, World Cry. Talk about some projects she got up and coming. And uh, talk about her dance competitions that she does. Excellent. Do you ever see some of the videos and, and the dance stuff that she does? I know. And I'll never forget. I'm like, oh, well, wow. what's your, like, workout regimen? And she's like, nothing. I just dance. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh so that's, that's all you do. And you look that amazing and everything. Like, you're perfect. Good, good for you. Yeah, she said, you know, the, she gave us the video um, in common. She said, don't share it yet because it's not out yet. Spoiler alert. 
Yep, spoiler alert. Tanya looks amazing in it. <laughs> I, I spoiled it for you. Shocking. I know. Yeah, she's very talented. So yeah, that's a beauty. Uh, all right, so we will uh, do that Wednesday, same time, 8 o'clock. Please join us for another episode of the Yo Show. The numbers have been great. Getting the listeners, the talent's been excellent. As always, big shout out and thanks to Beatrice Kimmel, who's bringing us tons of talent. We greatly appreciate that. And Ashley Dubbs from Impact PR. So thank you very much. Yes, Ashley Dubbs as well. We thank her for her work. We're going to get back on the phone with some of the PR people we had from the past and see if they get us some more great talent. Because everybody does such a great job for us. And we really appreciate it. It's not easy getting people to come on the show. Uh, but when you get PR people to do the work for you and say, hey, I got these people, and they give you a list, and they, they, it's not like they've missed. It's not like they've given us anybody bad yet. No. Everyone's been oh. spectacular, and I'm so excited to see what's to come for December. So very, yeah, very we excited. Got we got the names out there. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, so that is it for tonight. I would like to give a huge thank you to the one and only – Hostess with the Mosis, the absolutely amazing Miss Jewel Tatey. Uh, normally we, sometimes we take turns with this stuff. Sometimes we combine the effort. Uh, a lot of times lately, Jewel's been coming up with more of the questions and the show formats and the stuff for our guests. Uh, and I greatly appreciate it because it's hard work. Today, she said, I'm having a busy day. It's going to be tough. I haven't come up with questions yet. No problem, Jewel. I'll take it over. But for the most part, you do a phenomenal job. And I thank you for that. You look like you're, you're ready to cry. Don't cry. It's okay. It's okay, Joel. Don't cry. You're just so nice. Thank you. <laughs> no. I really I appreciate your, your hard work, too. And, you know, Jeff is obviously a better writer than I am and, and better with your words. So um, I appreciate you taking my questions to a legible format. <laughs> your stuff is great we do a great job here together absolutely love it we are blessed talk about blessings and inspirations and things that keep you going this is one of them right here me and Joel the O Show so tune in tell your friends make them tune in tell your friends to tell their parents to tune in tell your friends parents to tell their nephews and nieces and all that to tune in and tell them to tell their friends to tune in the teachers at school to tune in people they work with to tune in other teachers you get what I'm saying Sure, yeah, if only our, our our family and friends would tune in. That'd be great. <laughs> God forbid. It happens every Monday. I get a thousand texts from my brother. You're watching the game? You're watching this? It's like, do you not remember? It's Monday <laughs> at 8 o'clock? Somebody calls during that time. I don't understand. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> One of these days, some, the only people that remember, like, full-heartedly is, like, like my buddy Steve. He knows. I don't think he listened tonight, though. This one did not get a text message from him. Usually I get text during the show. A little disappointed tonight. Oh. It'll play back tomorrow. Or tonight, because no. it'll be up. And I'll have this on YouTube for your fine folks later tonight as well. Absolutely. It'll be up, and I'll get it up here back on my Facebook page. And people say, oh, I missed it. No, you never missed it, because it replays. It yep. replays whenever you go to get it. And now you can't blame the site because you can listen on YouTube and pause it and play back and listen to your favorite parts. Just like in Jeff embarrassing himself over and over. Exactly. Again and again. Taking a little name in vain like 30 times. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I don't know how to take my own cue and get off the air. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That is it for us. Again, for the amazing and talented hostess, for the mostest, Miss Jill Tady, I am Jeff the Shark Bernie. Thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget, 8 o'clock this Wednesday. We'll see you there. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, be motivational and inspirational. Jill, do you have anything to end with? And be nice to people, especially the ones that are having a tough go today. I agree. So wonderfully spoken. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.